Hello, sir. How's it going? Good, man. How you doing? Oh, not too bad. Good. Oh, all right. <laughs> what are we talking about? The party. Um. Yeah. All right. We'll go with the party then. Perfect. Why not? Uh, it's our big mainstream release on this show. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Projecting Film, the movie podcast where two films meet. Today we will be talking about The Party. And for that, we take a trip back to the 1940s for two films, I promise, that almost anyone would recognize. I think anyone. Or at least anyone who's listening to Projecting Film. So join me, Michael Denniston, your host, and my co-host Chris Maynard as we attempt to pitch you on the latest and greatest in independent film by relating it to two films that you probably do recognize. And if you don't, listening to us will be of no help at all. Hope you enjoy the show. Mum, I've got guests over. Can I call you a bit later? Bill! Bill! April! Congratulations. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful news. Ridiculously handsome. Too bad he's a wanker. We're going to be a family. Oh, wow! <laughs> <laughs> oh. I have never seen that happen before. Not every day that one of us becomes a minister in your entirely useless opposition party. What is it, darling? I have an announcement. Oh. <laughs> it ain't funny. It wasn't a joke. Uh-huh. I could kill you! You need to let the anger out. It's only natural. Shut up, Godfrey. Your cliches are unbearable. I smell burning. Oh, it's the volleyballs. Oh, we think we should leave them alone for a minute. What for? Personal space. Revenge. No, no, no. I believe in truth. Reconciliation. <laughs> what is it you do again, Tom? Uh, what can Oh, yeah. We shared everything. Everything? Everything. I'm disgusted. So much negative female energy. <laughs> you could consider murder. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. This is all coming out. <laughs> Our relationship is starting to look remarkably healthy. It's very kind of you to call. Yes, just a little celebration. Directed by Sally Potter, who, uh, nope, I don't think I've seen a single thing she's done. Um, I, I've, no, I got nothing on it. Not, not, not at all. So we're Let's experts, see. clearly, on this one. <laughs> yeah, no, not nothing, actually. Um, yeah, I was hoping there'd be something in there. No? Okay. Yeah, we're perfectly qualified to discuss this one. Maybe they're huge fans of the 2000 film The Man Who Cried. I don't know what that is. (laughs) Uh, I expect that you will not be disappointed. I don't know. Depends on how big of a Kate Blanchett fan you are. 
Uh, oh, here we go. Um, that looks like, is that Johnny Depp? I just need one of our sexual predators to uh, make the cut. Well, I mean, it almost made it two minutes into recording and we had a sexual predator brought up. So, I mean, well done. Okay, got that time. out of the way. Um, <laughs> I hope there's nothing about the much-beloved Patricia Clarkson that comes up in the news because that's pretty much the main interest I had in this film is getting to see her, I guess, play the, uh, I don't know, what would you call her, playing the, the heavy here? <laughs> playing the, the cynic um, in the group? The smartass? Um, I, I, I guess it kind of depends where you're... Um, where your heart lies. I mean, I, I, you could say Gottfried had the heavy lifting to do in the piece, but I, I guess it's just really on how you interpret the film. I have to say that uh, as it started, I I was excited. Opens with uh, Kristen Scott Thomas, uh, Miss English Patient. Um, <laughs> there we go. Weinstein, of course. There we... <laughs> I'll get someone <laughs> else in there. Uh, pointing a gun at uh, our face at an unseen character who comes to her i guess her party uh and then we uh we jump back and it's doing the uh the Chekhov's gun thing right we're going to see how mm -hmm. and who uh who this weapon is aimed at and i guess there's a little bit of fun i mean this movie is goodness it is what 71 minutes long so it's tight it gets in and out really quickly yeah um I I don't know how this will play, um, <laughs> certainly in the States. I mean, I don't know what it's going to open to <laughs> as far as, you know, two theaters in New York. But uh, I think there's probably a certain uh, – what is commenting on, you're going to have to try to apply it to American life. Um, the Sort of the, the class system that they're referring to in uh, British politics. Uh, I have to admit that I'm not on the up and up on what's going on over there. we got enough problems here in America, so I don't <laughs> – I don't know what their landscape is with Brexit, but uh, I'm guessing it sucks. It translates pretty well. It's it's not that much different. I mean, you at least for me, I felt like the characters still, um, <laughs> they're fairly archetypical. Where you, you there's versions of this in America, sure. So Kristen Scott Thomas playing uh, what is she playing? A version of uh, like Hillary here? Is this like a career politician? <laughs> That's had to make uh, personal sacrifices up to this point. Is that the the persona you were getting from her character, oh, Janet? You know, a, a little bit of that. Yeah, somebody that's um, that's aggressive in what she wants to accomplish. She's been called a bitch for doing it probably about four or five hundred too many times. Um, that sort of equality, I, I could definitely see that in her for sure. That's why I'm wondering what the likability factor is here, or if likability factor even matters with these type of movies. Uh, where you get people uh, together to basically tear each other apart. There was a uh, a movie uh, we did. Was it last summer? Um, the Last Supper, which was oh uh, sure, yeah, uh, sort of a similar sort of setup where you're you're seeing uh, people have these little meltdowns and philosophical debates. Um, another sexual predator, or Rome Plansky, didn't he do the Carnage film adaptation? <laughs> I'm just on a roll, yes, man. It's just, yep. you know, <laughs> it's pretty unavoidable at this point. So I think that's probably the depressed, depressing bit about that running gag we hear have on projecting <laughs> film is even when I'm going to a reference like carnage, which does apply here. Uh, I'm like, Oh, there's Plansky. Yep. All right. That fits within <laughs> the culture at the moment, I guess. Uh, I didn't go with any of uh, those films, which I think would probably lead people into saying like, okay, this is going to be like sort of a, similar style of uh, comedy, very aggressive cutthroat comedy. 
Uh, but I'm interested to uh, know what you went with because we, I think we both went with films from the 40s is what we were going after. We, we, we both went back to the 40s for some reason. I'm guessing we picked the same director here. That's we guess. we definitely we definitely picked the same director, and I'm pretty sure you know exactly which film I picked. Yeah, so I think with our exchange of years, when you came up with 48, you went with uh, Hitchcock's Rope. Yep, exactly. And I went with 1940. I went with Hitchcock's uh, Rebecca. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, anything anything in film that happened before the 70s is just Alfred Hitchcock here. <laughs> That's all there was to see. Um, hmm. So okay, so you went with the. Uh, you know, the idea that there's going to be uh, a bit more violence or something a little more heinous that will happen actually at the party. Uh, <laughs> and I decided to have something heinous happen, but it was a long time ago. And maybe you can work through it in your marriage is my person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I went with a more hopeful Hitchcock uh, take for the party. Well, it's also the idea of the structure of the film being centered around this very short period of time, um, not, not so much as being shot in real time as it was in rope, but, you know, just essentially just this dinner party and having this sort of ominous threat over the entire film, which, you know, is the same thing in rope. You have the giveaway right in the beginning and then you're kind of left with this, okay, when is this going to reveal itself towards the end of the film? And <laughs> with, uh, this one, they, they really, um, also had very similar characters in the sort of the way they're talking about the class system throughout the film. I was actually surprised how well that lined up with it because that's the whole conceit of rope. I believe is that if you're of a certain class level, um, these two gentlemen believe that they can kill people if they're <laughs> lower than them. And so it's nothing to that extreme in uh, the party, but it's definitely playing with that idea. I think to some degree with the sort of different classes. Wow. Is it all over? I'm afraid so, Rupert. Oh, what a pity. In another moment, you might have been strangling each other instead of a chicken. Mr. Goodell, really? No, but a man's honor was at stake. And personally, I think a chicken is as good a reason for murder as a blonde, a mattress full of dollar bills, or any of the customary unimaginative reasons. Well, now, you don't really approve of murder, Rupert, if I may. You may, and I do. Think of the problems it would solve. Unemployment, poverty, standing in line for theater tickets. I must say I've had a perfectly dreadful time getting tickets for that new musical. What's it called? You know. The something with what's-her-name. <laughs> My dear Miss Atwater, careful application of the trigger finger and a pair of seats in the first row is yours for the shooting. And have you had any difficulty in getting into our Velvet Rope restaurant? Frightful. A very simple matter. A flick of the knife, madame. And if you'll kindly step this way. Oh, no, a step over the head waiter's body. Thank you. And here's your table. <laughs> Rupert, you're the end. There's a hotel clerk I could cheerfully flick a knife at. Oh, no, sorry. Knives may not be used on hotel employees. They are in the death by slow torture category. Oh. <laughs> along with bird lovers, small children, and tap dancers. <laughs> Landlords, of course, are another matter. You're seeking an apartment? Call on our Miss Sashweight of the Blunt <laughs> Instrument Department. What a divine idea. If it suits your purpose, merely... But then we'd all be murdering each other. Oh, no. Oh, no. After all, murder is, or should be, an art. Not one of the seven lively, perhaps, but an art nevertheless. And as such, the privilege of committing it should be reserved 
for those few who are really superior individuals. And the victims, inferior beings whose lives are unimportant anyway. Obviously. Now, mind you, I don't hold with the extremists who feel that there should be open season for murder all year round. No. Personally, I would prefer to have cut a throat week oh. <laughs> or a strangulation day. <laughs> Probably a symptom of approaching senility, but I must confess I really don't appreciate this morbid humor. Well, the humor was unintentional. But you're not serious about these theories. Of course he is. Oh, you're both pulling my leg. No, why do you think that? Well, Brandon, the notion that murder is an art which a few superior beings should be allowed to practice. In season. <laughs> now, I know you're not serious. But I am. I'm a very serious fellow. Then may I ask, who is to decide that a human being is inferior and is therefore a suitable victim for murder? The few who are privileged to commit murder. And just who might they be? Oh, myself. Philip. Possibly Rupert. Hmm. Well, I'm sorry, Kenneth. You're out. <laughs> Gentlemen, I'm serious. So are we, Mr. Catley. The few are those men of such intellectual and cultural superiority that they're above the traditional moral concepts. Good and evil, right and wrong, were invented for the ordinary average man, the inferior man, because he needs them. And obviously you agree with Nietzsche and his theory of the Superman. Yes, I do. So did Hitler. Hitler was a, a paranoid savage. His supermen, all fascist supermen, were brainless murderers. I'd hang any who were left. But then you see, I'd hang them first for being stupid. I'd hang all incompetents and fools anyway. There are far too many in the world. Then perhaps you should hang me, Brandon, for I confess I'm so stupid I don't know whether you're all serious or not. But in any case, I'd rather not hear any more of your, forgive me, contempt for humanity and for the standards of a world that I believe is civilized. Civilized? Yes. Perhaps what is called civilization is hypocrisy. Perhaps. Well, I'm sure Rupert, fortunately... Oh, now, gentlemen, ...has really, the intelligence I... and imagination... Please, to... Brandon, I think we've had just about enough. Yeah, there's, uh, there's certainly an idea in play that uh, the people at this party uh, know better or should know mm -hmm. better, and I guess part of the fun... Um, you know, if you don't feel that you're <laughs> you're the type that's uh, going to make the guest list of Miss uh, English Patient, uh, that you are going to see uh, them, I guess, claw each other's eyes out in some extent. You're going to see them uh, do battle and tear each other apart. Uh, one big difference here is, I, I guess, um, I don't think most of the characters are coming to this party to sort of like play with each other like you know like cats that have like the, uh, a mouse and snare like in rope you, you have the two in particular one who is really enjoying the fact uh that he's committed this murder and then kind of hoping that uh, jimmy stewart finds out like he just can't stand himself that like sure. it's gonna be a secret like he's enjoying it um i i think there's probably an opposite effect here where you have timothy spall playing the husband of kristen scott thomas uh, he seems a bit, uh, <laughs> a bit in pain, um, <laughs> that he's going to reveal, uh, that, you know, he's no longer in love with her. Um, and, uh, oh, also, uh, he's dying. So, might as well, <laughs> you know, might as well live it up while I can. Um, I don't think there's quite as much enjoyment in the revelations here. Uh, other than maybe Patricia Clarkson as sort of a bystander. Mm, I, I definitely got a big kick out of Cillian Murphy's character quite a bit. He had that same sweaty nervousness. Uh, his, his wasn't fueled by killing someone, but yeah, he, he had his own reasons and his own demons he was dealing with that day for sure. Entertains the notion of it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, kicks yeah. it around, bats the idea around of murder, you know? <laughs> uh, I think with mine, uh, because in, in this film, it's not, I mean, it's not really a spoiler to say that uh, most of what sets 
this sort of party emotion as far as the 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 arguments and the revelations is a character that is not there. Um, you have Kelly Murphy's wife, um, and you have <laughs> Timothy Spall's lover, who uh, you know are going to be talked about at great length. Uh, and I think I really liked that aspect of it that the film, you know, as you you mentioned the runtime, you get to a certain point, and you're like. Uh, I don't think we're going to meet this person. Like, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think they're late to the party or the film. Uh, I think that's part of the, the fun of it is that there's someone who has, uh, you know, thrown this, this snowball down the mountain and we get to see it sort of build up. And, uh, I guess not even there to enjoy the, the wreckage or the carnage or just be unaware of it, which somehow makes it worse that we just have to imagine who this person is that can cause all these relationships to fracture. Is that the sort of like the uh, the person that sets the fire without going back to look at it to watch the building burn down? There's someone that just is reveling in that um, where they don't get to actually enjoy their work here? Like uh, some sort of sociopath you're, you're mentioning here. <laughs> uh, or in an action movie, you know, they're just very cool that they it just <laughs> – burning buildings just happen all the time around them. So why bother on, on to the next? Um, well, this is the English version of that. So it's the same thing. I mean that's what I always thought Rebecca was was like a Jason Statham action movie just in 1940 <laughs> and produced by David O. Selznick. <laughs> it's pretty much the same audience I'm assuming was the, the Statham fans back then. They're, you know, their great, great grandfathers were really into Rebecca. Um, they just sort of missed out on making a series of those movies. But I think that's something that uh, if we're going to get into both Hitchcock's, like I was sort of held that against Rebecca um, is that it's like the, <laughs> like maybe the the square version of Hitchcock. Like if you're gonna go, you know, with your version of Rope, which by no means is blue collar, at least you see the white collar dudes get their hands dirty. And Rebecca, um, be it the uh, sort of the the code at the time as far as how much violence they could show, uh, or just you know the the fact that it's somewhat of a ghost story about this this previous wife. Uh, that's the central premise is you're not going to see what the hell they're talking about and going on about. And that's one that I've actually had to come around on with Hitchcock is I feel like he's very much about the, the process of murder. Um, yeah. I mean, you go to the psycho, like the shower room cleanup uh, or even mm-hmm. something like vertigo where you're going to go through an exacting detail, like how this was set up this crime. Uh, something like Rebecca is always struck me as like, this is just too fucking dreamy and romantic to like just get wistful <laughs> and talk about Rebecca and how awesome she was. Uh, but it's something that maybe because it sticks out that I've kind of like in my older years enjoyed more, like, cause it's kind of a counter to like the rest of the Hitchcock filmography. What, what about yourself? Um, Re- Rebecca's one. I think I probably need to go back and watch cause I don't think I've seen it since high school. And I think I did never really connected with me at that age. Um, the other stuff, I think probably starting with about Rope and then really getting into his American albums after that is where I started connecting with his work more. Um, and you know, later came around to Lady Vanishing, things like that. So I think I should go back and revisit that one. But I was just thinking about the idea you brought up the violence in Hitchcock films. And he seems like somebody that in a way he was so obsessed with process, like you were talking about, that those limitations – actually really helped him in a way because it once he got to a place where he could show more and do more with it, it it's not as interesting at that point. I think Torn Curtain uh, with Paul Newman 
is the one that I think that was probably should have been the the uh, the finisher for his career. Not necessarily <laughs> the film itself. I don't you know it's not it's not great, but uh, he has one murder sequence uh, that borders on comical, almost like Coen Brothers sort of esque. Like it's so over the top. It's a strangulation. It's a fight mm-hmm. in this like little shanty and. Uh, it's, uh, I remember reading something to the fact that he wanted to show how hard it was to kill someone, like just basically with your bare hands. Like it just, you're just in a grapple, you're in a fight. And that's why I said it borders on comical because it goes on for so long, but it also like really works because it's like, it is horrifying to see that it's, it's not easy. Just, you know, you remove a gun or a knife or something to take someone's life and, you know, watching Paul Newman do it, uh, He's not cool hand Luke there. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing. <laughs> there's hit. no egg eating contest. Afterwards. No, no, nothing. You're not going to put a poster on the wall. You're not going to like want to be that dude, uh, him sweating and like, you know, just trying to, to, to kill this like ugly character actor who you think in most movies you're like, Oh, he'll quickly karate chop him in the neck or something and <laughs> they'll be over with. Uh, so yeah, if you get a chance, uh, just as the master would have wanted the master of suspense try to look up that clip on youtube watch some torn curtain murder <laughs> it's exactly how it should be seen <laughs> out of context and on youtube preferably on a phone yeah i mean even yeah if you want to get uh, a little more trashy with it you can do like an ipod touch or something you don't even have to be a phone <laughs> dig something out oh. of the uh the desk drawer you don't use anymore an old mp3 player with video and watch it in four three <laughs> uh, uh, don't even don't even use an apple product just get a zoom if you still have one laying around yeah i was gonna say apple products probably too expensive for this if i'm really trying to insult the master yeah bring out your zoom and uh god love them at microsoft if it still works <laughs> see if you can get it get it going but it's gonna be like our our the computers that run the nukes those things are gonna last forever they're never gonna die i mean i i assume that the zunes will one day uh be much beloved by like whatever our real life version of Wally is. I feel like Wally will fall in love with the Zune and uh, yeah, if they, if they last and they make it through the, (laughs) the landfill, some robots going to find them and and cherish them. Like, no, it's, it's going to be the dickhead uh, that, that douchebag that you see the pictures of on the subway with his typewriter, that guy in 10 years with his ironic mustache is going to Zune and he's just going to rock that. Well, I mean, the one good thing uh, to bring it back to the party about our political situation is, you know, maybe we'll all be dead. Maybe we will. Maybe the <laughs> the apocalypse will happen much sooner if uh, Trump has his way. I don't know. Are the Olympics over? Is it time to get our war on? Like, has it? <laughs> I don't know. I I skipped the Winter Olympics, but I probably should have uh, looked back to the Doomsday Clock because that's what I assumed they were celebrating this year. <laughs> At this point, though, is it, it the? Are we celebrating the countdown? Well, that it's okay. Let's just get it over with and be done and call it a day. Or is it that it didn't happen today? What are we actually celebrating? I guess you can celebrate both, man. You know, take your victories where you can. You know, until it happens. You know, it's like at the end of the day, you get to have yourself a little cupcake. Go down, to the, <laughs> go down to the grocery store and buy yourself a shitty little two dollar box of cupcakes, and. uh <laughs> Kill yourself slowly <laughs> until Trump does it for us. Um, we're talking about the party, right? Or Hitchcock? I don't know where. <laughs> we're talking about America, God damn. Um, I I did wonder, like, uh, on the sort of uh, you know how topical this film is, uh, how people will respond to it. If it's something that they'll only appreciate 
uh, of the moment, or is it something that's going to have a hard time getting people to sit through, even though it's very short, because uh, maybe they don't want to necessarily see, uh, you know, politicians, or in this case, one politician in particular, uh, fall apart, like, you know, the person that is supposed to <laughs> be steadying the ship and the wheel, uh, you know, wielding a gun at the beginning and the end of the film. Uh, or do you think people, or are people even that checked in uh, to it? I think that the people that will find this movie will be completely fine with it right now. And 10 years from now, they watch this because I think it'll have sort of the boyhood effect um, where you see him um, working for, you know, doing the the political stuff they touch on in that film that's completely dated, but it's of that time. And you can kind of have a nostalgic moment for it. Um, we can have that nostalgic moment, hopefully for when just everything went batshit crazy for a couple of years. And then hopefully we write the ship or we can look back at it. When so like in this sort of idea that, Oh, remember when things were so innocent and we thought it was as bad as it could get. Yeah. I remember Kevin Smith. Uh, he said that was the reason he uh, insisted that he have a part on screen and clerks was because if he was going to compile that much credit card debt, he wanted to be able to at least watch this on like tape with his friends and be like, Oh look, there's the greatest mistake of my life, but <laughs> it's here. I have a tangible, <laughs> tangible copy of it, <laughs> of why I'm working three jobs and <laughs> like, you know, can't pay for, to live. But, uh, yes, Chris, I'm sure, I hope we, um, I hope we have the Kevin Smith <laughs> final act, I guess, where it's like, you know, he gets to make his Jay and Bob movies and sell toys and podcasts for a living and everything's fine. But I don't really see that in our future myself. I see the, <laughs> the multiple jobs and scraping by <laughs> and, and looking wistfully at the doomsday clock to see if the end is near. <laughs> so. <laughs> In, in closing, enjoy your fucking cupcake. Um, at Projecting Film. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, or Instagram, or Facebook. <laughs> oh, bang down another. Not even 20 minutes. Jesus. <laughs> Did we even mention the movie? You know? <laughs> Well, you gotta figure the trailer, at least it's an English language film, so there's three minutes added on. I really liked it. Clarkson's great here. She's phenomenal. I think it's worth mentioning. It's a good movie. It's late for that, though. Uh, I'll put this on as the music's playing. You firing off your compliments, and you know what? It'll be, it'll be a nice 23, 24-minute episode. Now I feel complete. Hey, we're just trying to, you know, we're trying to stay aligned with the run times of the films we're talking about. If we normally do 30 minutes, well, this one was tiny, bite-sized film. It's exactly what Sally Potter was going for, a little Snickers bite-sized kid-sized God bless her for card. that, though. Gosh, she's fantastic. I, I wish, uh, wish they did this more often. I, I felt like there was some sort of rule or something arbitrary where it's like it doesn't count as a feature uh, if it's not at least 80 minutes, because I felt like there were little trivia nuggets of different films where it's like they would pad it out or put like an extra long credit sequence in just to get to 80 minutes i don't know mm-hmm. maybe that's just an american thing but uh yeah I, uh, rules are all gone maybe they're thinking like well we can what are we gaining by calling this a feature it's the two theaters it's going to be playing at we'll get one less showing well let's just go ahead and hopefully get gain another showing out of it for the couple weeks that it's out yeah and people just treat it like an 
extra long episode of Fargo or Mad Men or whatever they're streaming on Netflix. <laughs> they're used to this runtime. So. <laughs> they're just waiting for the next episode, which you very well could with this ending if it doesn't sure. work for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.